Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dress, the history of fashion, is a production of iHeartRadio. With over 7 billion people in the world, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we all get dressed. Welcome to Dressed, the History of Fashion, a podcast that explores the who, what, when of why we wear. We are fashion historians and your hosts, Cassidy Zachary. And April Callahan. So how's it going over there, Cass? Because (laughs) I know that you happen to be working on a couple of final papers to finish your first year of your PhD studies right now. So, So are you sitting in your office surrounded by piles of books and stacks of papers. How did you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have um, stacks of books on my floor right here to my left. I have um, books on fashion studies and fashion theories. On my right, I have about 10 books piled up all about the history of identity studies in New Mexico and Latin America. So, you know, it's, it's, it's happening. Yeah. This is my dream. I love being surrounded by books. I'm obsessed with books. (laughs) And I just want to give a big shout out to all the teachers, professors, and students out there who have really managed or are still managing how to navigate completing their school year from home in light of the current pandemic. Because we ourselves have run into a few snags trying to do research for the show directly from home. And and I haven't always necessarily had the exact resources that I would normally go to for a certain topic. And more than once I've been, I'm like, I know exactly which source I need to look at, but if it's not on my shelf, well, it's a no-go sometimes. <laughs> All the good old days of browsing books on the shelf. Um, and because it may be a few more months before many of us can actually pop into the library or the bookstore, we thought we'd bring the book browsing to you with some recommendations. Yes, and we've gotten many messages from you all during quarantine asking for book recs in light of the extra time that some of us have on our hands right now. So we thought that we might re-air one of our earliest minisodes from uh, season two when we discuss some of our favorite fashion books. Enjoy. There's so many wonderful books out there to choose from. Um, really kind of spanning all kinds of different topics and throughout history, different cultures all over the world. But April and I kind of just picked some of our favorites. Uh, and I actually don't know what you're going to pick, April. So let's hear what you've got. I know. We did that on purpose. So there may be some crossover. We're not sure yet. But basically, I just went into my quote-unquote library, which is like the massive amount of bookshelves that I have in my bedroom. And I pulled out five books that I thought were good, like basic starting places, like the building blocks of fashion history. Mm-hmm. So let's go from there. Yeah, and I have to say, I love, April and I are both book fanatics. I have hundreds, if not maybe a thousand books at this point. April, you color coordinate yours. Yes, um, mine are arranged from white to black in a rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It's really beautiful. But it also helps me know, 
like where that particular book is because like I know for instance that this book is a peachy pink or this book is like bright turquoise like that's how I know how to find all my stuff within the hundreds and hundreds of books that I have. Yeah, mine are very loosely categorized by topic, but you know, there's so much crossover, it's a little hard to do that. (laughs) So what fashion history basic building block books do you have for us? Okay, so I have a few. Um, I think on last week's episode, we already talked about how much we both love the Kyoto Costume Institute catalog, which is just called Fashion. Um, So we're going to skip over that one, because we've already mentioned it. Quickly, I want to say that that book can usually be found at Barnes & Noble for $20. Yes. And there's a, different versions of it. Like some of them are like, it's like a double volume. Some of yeah. them are smaller, but you can get that used on Amazon or it's, it's readily available. And it's a fantastic overview of fashion history. Add it to your library immediately. Um, and speaking of last week, I, the first book that I would like to recommend is a general overview of modern fashion history. And that is by somebody I talked about last week. Nancy Deal is the author, and her co-author is Daniel James Cole, and their book is called The History of Modern Fashion. So it really starts in the 1850s and goes all the way through the 20th century. So check that out. Yeah, and that actually came out the same year Fashion the Art of Pouchoir. Yeah, which I'm sure we'll touch on at the end. <laughs> a little bit of shameless self-promotion goes a long way. <laughs> Cass, what's your first selection? So I actually uh, did something a little different. I just kind of picked my favorite fashion books. I went to my shelf and just kind of pulled out titles that really I go back to time and time and again for research, but also just for fun. So for fun, one of my favorite visually beautiful fashion books is Fruits, Mm, which is all about Japanese street style. So it's just, there's multiple editions of it. It was a magazine originally. Yeah, and it just goes out and basically captured, I don't know, it's probably from early 2000s, captured Japanese street style. And there's all the different tribes and different groups um, that really are committed to dressing in these incredibly beautiful, wonderful, fantastical... I think Harajuku girls is what we're talking about here. Yeah, and so um, I think FIT did a Harajuku... Uh, exhibition a few years ago. And Mm -hmm. the women, even just in New York, who follow um, and dress in those same Japanese styles, a lot of them came to the exhibition. So it really just is a celebration of the art of dress, which I love. And I can't recommend that book enough. Yep. The book is great. Um, I actually used to subscribe to the magazine, which was kind of difficult to get it shipped to you directly from Japan and not cheap. So I have a whole cache of fruits actually in my bookshelves. So next time you're here, you can take a look at them. Let's see. Well, I have one book that's not um, a basic overview. It was like just one of my all-time faves, and that is Queen of Fashion by Caroline Weber. I did pick that one, too. Oh, (laughs) so there you have it. It's it's a unanimous vote for Queen of Fashion. Yes. Um, The subtitle of which is What Marie Antoinette Wore to the Revolution. And one of the things that I love about this book is that it really underscores the relationship between fashion and politics. Everything on the surface is not as it seems, as you will learn if you read this book. And I actually read this over Christmas break um, when I was in grad school and was, you know, 
in love immediately. I I basically did not put it down for three days until I read the entire thing. Yeah, and what I really like about this particular type of biography and um, the Duchess of Devonshire biography that came out a couple years ago was was like this as well. Wasn't that by Amanda Foreman? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yes, and it inspired the movie. But what I love about these types of nonfiction books is they're written in a style that really reads like this fascinating, titillating novel, Mm -hmm. but it's all nonfiction. So you really can't put it down when you're reading about, you know, Marie Antoinette arriving as this young, impressionable girl. She's stripped of her clothing to cross over. Into France. Into France. um, And then, you know, just what she had to go through. And of course, for fashion historians, uh, because Carolyn is a fashion historian, the book's author. Actually, she's not. She's not? She is a professor of literature at Barnard. She just, she's a professor of French literature at Barnard. So she just happens to mucks about in that fashion history realm. She brings it to life. She yes. she describes it in detail that is just, for people like you and I, it's quite wonderful to um, in helping to picture what it would have been like. Yeah. And um, Caroline told me one time that she wrote that book in nine months. What? Which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which if you, if you read the book and like understand the like, extreme level of research that went into this. My mind was blown when she told me that. Surely she'd been researching for years and then wrote it? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I mean, she'd been been working on Marie Antoinette for a while, but basically Mm -hmm. she sat down and just like Mm -hmm. cranked that book out in nine months. I wonder if the movie, if um, the movie came before or after the book, because I feel like this book would have inspired the movie much like Duchess of Devonshire. Sophia Coppola's Marie Uh Antoinette? Mm -hmm. I think I'm looking. I have the book right here. I'm looking at the publication date. Oh, look, she signed it to me. The publication date was 2006. So I'm not sure when. Marie Antoinette came out in 2006. So it was in the air. Yeah. Cass, as you know, we are going to be expanding our fashion history travel offerings this year. Mm -hmm. So you better bet that I'm going to be brushing up on my language skills with Rosetta Stone. With more than 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and so many more, that world out there is practically at the tip of your tongue. And that's right, dress listeners. For more than 30 years, Rosetta Stone has been the expert in language learning. There are no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which is incredible. You learn by immersion, and their programs are available to use on your desktop or as an app. And let's not forget that there is an amazing built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation so you learn the proper accent from the very start. For a limited time, dress listeners, you can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off by visiting rosettastone.com forward slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com forward slash today. Dress listeners, we often refer to ourselves on the show as dress detectives, but what if we told you that you could travel back in time and solve your own fashionable mysteries? Because you can, by joining us in playing June's Journey. And April, I can't tell you how much fun I've had playing June's Journey. It's this (laughs) hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story. It takes you back to the glamour and intrigue of the 1920s with this diverse cast of characters. And basically, each new scene takes you further into the story of a thrilling murder mystery that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest 
to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. You will sleuth with June in the antique parlors of New York, the chic sidewalks of Paris, and you can even build your own luxury island estate where you get to decorate and plant decadent gardens. And there's also a chat and challenge feature where you can play alongside friends. So join us, dress listeners, in putting on your detective hats and escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. What's your next pick? Well, my next pick is, again, a nonfiction read that reads like um, a Hollywood drama, I guess. Um, And it's called The Beautiful Fall. I knew you were going to pick that one. (laughs) Fashion, genius, and glorious excess in 1970s Paris. So it's by Alicia Drake, and she's um, a journalist. And so I'll just read you the back of it, and you can kind of understand... um, what it's about. So in the 1970s, Paris fashion exploded like a champagne bottle left out in the sun. <laughs> Amid sequins and longing, celebrities and aspirants flocked to the heart of chic and Paris became a hot house of revelry, intrigue, and searing ambition. And at the center of it all were fashion's most beloved luminaries, Yves Saint Laurent, the reclusive enfant terrible, and Karl Lagerfeld, the flamboyant freelancer with a talent for reinvention, and they divided Paris into two fabulous halves. So she really is talking about this enduring rivalry um, because they were friends and kind of their careers were kind of paralleled and sometimes it crossed over. But it's just this very um, incredibly fascinating kind of juicy glimpse into 1970s Paris and very um, young uh, Yves Saint Laurent and Karl Lagerfeld. And <laughs> to add to the scandal, it's quite scandalous, Carl actually sued her after the book came oh, out. I did not know that. Yes. Um, hmm. So because he felt it was intrusion into his private life, because she really did dig deep. She interviewed people that were related to both of them, that knew them. She went to where they grew up. So she did her research, but um, it's quite revealing. And how did this lawsuit turn out? That's a good question. I don't actually know. I don't think huh. it, it happened because the books would have had to have been I know I, I do know in France for a time it wasn't allowed to be sold there and that it may never have been sold in France. Mm, so interesting. But it's really interesting because it opens and it talks about how Yves Saint Laurent and Karl Lagerfeld were both winners of the International Wool Fashion Design Competition in 1954. So Karl mm-hmm. Lagerfeld was 22 and I think Yves Saint Laurent was 18. And so to to just know that these two luminaries of fashion met in this way. And then how their careers unfold. It's just really fascinating. Yeah. Well, this reminds me of a book that I actually did not pick. But now that you're talking about um, The Beautiful Fall, it reminds me of Gods and Kings. Yes. Which I is, have not read that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. I know. It's bad. When we get done recording this, <laughs> I'm going to go on Amazon and send I have you it. a copy. I have it. I have it okay. read and I have okay. it. Okay. Anyway, uh, (laughs) that particular book is also one of my favorites, and it's about the parallel career trajectories of Alexander McQueen and John Galliano. Yes. Um, And that's by Dana Thomas. She is an American fashion journalist who's been working in Paris for a very long time. And I really have to say that that book is kind of like a tour de force of writing Mm -hmm. because what could have been this very kind of like dry, 
like research, she weaves this incredibly intoxicating tale about how these two um, kind of crossed paths, even though Galliano was much older. Um, they were both uh, the designer at Givenchy at a certain points. Mm-hmm. So um, check that out. And I have to say, the end of the book is a little dark. As we know, Lee committed suicide, but uh, it's it's a it's a great great read, and I, I aspire to write like her someday. Yeah, that's how the beautiful fall is too, and and Queen of Fashion. Just it's not dry; it's a tale and a story, um, and it's true. So mm-hmm. those are the best types of books. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right, so what's next on your list, April? Um, Well, speaking of Paris fashion, I would like to recommend a book called Paris Fashion, which is by Valerie Steele. Mm -hmm. Um, This book came out many years ago, but has been recently re-released, updated and re-released with additional text and new images. And it's called Paris Fashion, A Cultural History by Valerie Steele, who is, of course, the director of the museum at FIT. And Valerie has written like, 25 books. So anything by her, just check it out. Yeah, it's a really, really good and fascinating read. And um, my book, which kind of overlaps, and she does reference in there, I believe, um, Glass of Fashion by Cecil Beaton. Oh, yes. And we will do a episode on Cecil at some point during this next season. Yes. So Cecil Beaton was this incredibly fascinating person in his own right, and there has been um, a lot written on him. Um, But he wrote this book called Glass of Fashion, and um, it's illustrated by him as well. And he basically just touches on all of these key figures and fashion movements from his childhood until I think it was published in the 50s. I can look right now. Um, So my, he says, uh, The Glass Fashion, a personal history of 50 years of changing tastes and the people who have inspired them. So he grew up in the Edwardian era, and he just remembers being so fascinated by um, what women wore and um, what his mother wore. And so I was going to read a little clip from it. Um, The women who leaned over my crib had not yet forgotten the lines of the hourglass and were laced into corsets that gave them powder pigeon bosoms and protruding posteriors perched on their heads and elevated by a little roll just inside the crown were hats which had grown as frivolous as the milliner's trade could make them, enormous galleons of gray velvet with vast gray plumes of ostrich feathers sweeping upwards and outwards, or they would be trimmed with artificial flowers and fruit. And he just has this wonderfully expressive way of explaining fashions. He, of course, one of my favorite parts is when he talks about Gabby DeLee. He just remembers being a young boy and meeting her in her mauve dress and just being so inspired by her that you can tell this is really where he found his path to fashion was as a young boy. And he later would design in the 1950s with Audrey Hepburn. My Fair Lady. My Fair Lady. Thank you. Oh my God, that's yeah. embarrassing. So a lot of the styles in My Fair Lady costume designs by Cecil Beaton were inspired by women like Gabby DeLee in his youth. And if you want to learn more about Gabby, who's one of Cass's all-time favorite fashion icons, we have already done an episode about her in season one. Very true. She's incredibly fascinating. And like we said, Cecil Beaton to come this season for sure. Mm -hmm. And I have a little uh, personal tidbit about Cecil. Cecil also designed the costumes for the film Gigi, starring Leslie Caron. And (laughs) I was so obsessed with that film as a child that um, that's why my French bulldog is named Gigi. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. True story. Yes. We love Gigi. <laughs> Um, so my next pick, I have to say, I haven't forgotten about you gentlemen out there. Uh, this is a book about the history of menswear. I have a word of warning here. It is out of print. So it's a little bit hard to get your hands on if you'd like to buy a copy, but there are plenty of copies out there in um, libraries. And if you don't know this already, just about any library or public library will do this thing called interlibrary loan. And you just request them to get a book if they don't have it from a different library and, and it shows up at your library and you have it for a period of several weeks. Um, but this one is called A History of Men's Fashion and it's by Fareed Shenowen. And it's a really wonderful overview, starting with the history of dandyism, um, moving all the way into uh, the beginning of the 20th century. Let me, let me see when it ends here. I have to, have to flip to the back. Yeah, it looks like it ends in the 80s, but it's, it's great. Wonderful illustrations in here as well. There aren't too terribly many overviews of the history of men's fashion, no. I have to say. That's why this book is especially important. So budding fashion historians out there or anyone who needs a new topic... Um, yeah, menswear is definitely a subject matter that deserves a lot more attention. Mm-hmm. Cass, do you have one more? My last and final is just one of my favorite books because we all know how much I love this designer, and that is Paul Poiret's memoir, which is really fun to read. Some of it you have to take with a grain of salt because we know mm-hmm. he was quite um, given to expanding and expounding, but he's <laughs> he's just so fascinating and amusing um, to read. So. Um, I would check that out. Uh, What's that, the title? Um, King of Fashion. And yes. it was uh, pu- republished by the V&A, um, gosh, 10 or so years ago. But you can definitely get your hands on it still. Yep. So many fun recommendations here. And just one internet order away, dress listeners. And we want to wish you happy reading. And perhaps you'll consider adding a book to accessorize your home loungewear look next time you get dressed. That does it for our redressed mini sewed this week, dress listeners. If you'd like to submit a query for a future fashion history mystery topic, we love hearing from you. So please email us at dressed at iheartmedia.com or you can DM us on Instagram at dressed underscore podcast where we post images to accompany each week's episode. Thank you as always to our producers, Casey Pegram, Holly Fry, and everyone else at iHeartRadio that makes the show possible each week. We will catch you on Tuesday for our full length episode. Dress, the History of Fashion is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to your favorite shows.